Well, a great big shout out welcome to all of you today, to all of our first time guests and to those that are watching online from our church family and our guests from across Ottawa, across Canada and from around the world. How many of you wonderful people are ready? Come on, are you ready for God's word? Are you ready for God's word? We're going to dive right into a brand new three-part sermon series that we're calling In Sync. I want to talk to you for three weeks about being synced up with Holy Spirit. This is a very difficult season, and I felt the Spirit of God just prompted me to do some teaching over the next three Sundays on the Holy Spirit. In a couple of moments, I'm going to give you seven steps to walking in the Spirit from Romans chapter 8. But I want you to get your Bible out. We're going to start in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, verse 18, and verse 25. Paul is writing to the church of Galatia. And he said in verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk means to live. Go about your life by the Spirit. means controlled by the Spirit. It means in the Spirit. It means the Spirit guidingly and leading you. He said, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I want to point out to you that God has not called us to be Spirit-driven, but Spirit-driven. Led, And we're going to dive into that in a few moments. Verse 25, since we live or walk or do life by the Spirit, watch this, let us keep in step, in step with the Spirit. The last Greek word that is used here in verse 25, keep in step, is a unique Greek word. It means to keep pace. It means to be in sync. It means not to be ahead of Spirit, Holy Spirit, not to be behind Holy Spirit, but to be in sync, in pace with Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you today about living your lives in sync with Holy Spirit. And so I want you now to get your Bible and turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 obviously comes after Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 is where Paul shared his struggles. The very things I wanted to do, I don't do. The very things I don't want to do, I do. And he reveals his struggle. And I just want to declare right from the beginning, it's time the church gets out of Romans 7 and starts living in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 7 is about the struggle. Romans 8 is about Holy Spirit. It's about there's no condemnation. Now, in the book of Romans, the word spirit, watch this, is mentioned 31 times. 21 of those 31 times is in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 27. So I want to declare that Romans chapter 8, verse 1 down to verse 27, is the golden jewel of Holy Spirit. And so I want to unpack for you seven steps to walking in the Spirit. If you're ready, say ready. One, two, three. You all did that in sync. That was great. All right, number one, write this in your notes. It starts with the decision to walk in the Spirit. And I want to challenge everybody in the house today, if you're a follower of Jesus, make a decision right now. I am going to start today to live my life fully surrendered, fully walking and living in the Spirit. Let's begin in verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Romans 7 is condemnation. And some of you today, you're like, I'm a mess. I'm a loser. I'm a failure. God's angry at me. I'm never going to amount to much. There is no condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life. Everybody say life. One, two, three. Life. There's life in the Spirit. Has set you free. From the law of sin and death, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, 
God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son, Jesus. Jesus, God, took upon flesh, and he fulfilled the Old Testament sin offering. And, he, and so he condemned sin in the flesh, verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. According to the flesh means your carnal ways. According to the flesh means your way. According to the flesh means man's way. But according to the spirit means God's way. And Paul is teaching the church in Rome to live their life marked according to the spirit. And I say to you, Woodville, may we as a church corporately live our church life by the spirit. And may you as an individual walk in pace, in sync with Holy Spirit. Number one, it starts with the decision. Then there's number two, a fixation on the things of the Spirit. Your focus needs to be Holy Spirit, not the things of this world, not your desires, not your ambitions, not your life, but what God has for your life. How do you fix your life on Spirit? Stay in His Word. Stay in prayer. It's time we watch less of the 6 o'clock news because it's depressing and spend more time in the Word of the living God. Somebody say amen to that. It's time that we zero in on basking in the presence of God. Let me read verse 5 down to verse 11. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Fix your mind and your thoughts on Spirit, not your ways, not your desires, not your your ambitions, but on spirit. Spend more time in the Word. Spend more time in prayer. Look at verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is not just life and peace. Now, I know the answer. Let me ask it. How many people want life in the Spirit? If that's you, give a clap offering of praise to our God. Come on. Do you want life in the Spirit? How many people want to move from confusion to peace? If you want the peace of the Spirit, give a clap offering of praise to God. It starts by a decision, and then you fix your mind and your thoughts on the Spirit of God, the things of the Spirit, verse 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Some of you are like, I'm angry, I'm upset, I don't like what I'm walking through. Stop focusing on the things of this world and focus more on the things of God. If not, there's going to be that hostility. There's going to be that, that breaking inside of you. You've got you to move from that hostility to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. When you're walking in your carnal ways, you're not a God pleaser. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you're in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Verse 10, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Verse 11, and if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit 
who lives in you. I don't know if you caught it, but over and over again, Paul teaches the church in Rome, Holy Spirit lives where? In you. Get it in your spirit. Holy Spirit is in you. When you got saved, you got Father, you got Son, you got Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is in you. And Holy Spirit wants you to fix your mind on the things of the Spirit, not on the things of the flesh. So number two, it's a fixation on the things of the Spirit. Then there's number three, an obligation to say no to sin. We're going to learn that there's an obligation. You can just say no to sin. Yes to the Spirit, no to sin. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 13. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if you by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So it starts with the decision, then it moves to a fixation, and the Holy Spirit, who, can, who convicts you of your sin, helps you to find victory from it. How many people know you can have victory from your sinful ways because of Holy Spirit? Come on, church, who is in you. The Holy Spirit who convicts is the same Holy Spirit who helps. There's an obligation. So if you live according to the flesh, you'll die, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Number four is a big one, a submission to the control of the Spirit. Now, I want to point out to you before I read this scripture, it's not subjugation. Subjugation is force. God doesn't put your arm behind your back and go, you can do it. Just give it. No, it's not subjugation. It's a willing surrender. Paul said to the church in Rome, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And the Greek word that he used for led doesn't mean subjugation. It doesn't mean force. It doesn't mean spirit-driven. It means spirit-led. And there's a still, small voice of Holy Spirit that's gentle, that wants to lead you and wants to guide you, but he's calling you and he's calling me to willingly surrender all to him, to lay it down. When Holy Spirit comes into the room of your life, Holy Spirit is saying, surrender it. Surrender your family, your marriage, your money, your ambitions, your sickness, your, your, your challenge. Surrender it to God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Every day I get up, I realize that when I'm walking in the Spirit, God gives me God appointments. So when the red light goes longer than I want, it's because God is slowing me down. So I'll have a God appointment with someone. I don't want to be ahead of Holy Spirit. For some of us, that's our personality. I don't want to be behind Holy Spirit. For some of us, that's our personality. I want to live my life in sync by Holy Spirit, surrendered willingly to Him. Anybody with me this morning? How many people want to live a life surrendered to Holy Spirit? It's a willing submission. Don't walk in frustration. Walk in a willing submission. Number five is a big one, a realization of the fatherhood of God. Now, before I unpack verse 15 down to verse 17, some of you, your struggle today is you've transposed your earthly father to heavenly father, and you're bruised, and you're broken, and you don't understand who Father God really is. And I want you to have a fresh realization of the fatherhood of God. Let's start in verse 15. The spirit you receive doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit 
you received brought about your adoption to sonship. How many people know we don't live by fear anymore? How many people know God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind? And Paul said to the church in Rome, you don't have to live in fear. You're not a slave. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. Now, I'm going to say something that doesn't, it's not politically correct. But whether you're male or female, now this is biblically correct, it's not politically correct. Whether you're male or female, you are a son of God. You're like, no, I'm a daughter of God. Let me explain it. In that culture, the only ones who got the inheritance were the sons. And when you got saved, you were adopted into the family of God. And now, now, when he says the son of God, he uses a unique Greek word because there's two Greek words for son. One speaks of a child who's six or seven years of age. But that's not the Greek word he used. He used the word of an adult. You're not an infant child. You're an adult son of God. And because you are, whether you're male or female, you're a son of God. You've got access to the inheritance of God. And God wants to bless you with the inheritance of the richness that is found in him. He doesn't want to curse you. He wants to bless you. He doesn't want you to walk in fear. He wants you to walk in blessing. And you got to understand the fatherhood of God. Now, let me scrape a little deeper. It says, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Do you remember who prayed that? It was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Abba, Father, if it would be possible, take this cup from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus prayed these words, Abba, Father, and Paul calls the church of Rome to call out to him and say, Abba, Father. What does that mean? Abba's Aramaic, and the Greek word that's been translated father, or the, the second word is a Greek word that's been translated father. It means pater. Abba is the Aramaic of father, and the Greek word that's been translated father coming from the Greek language. Why is that significant? Because Abba in the Aramaic is an intimate word. It speaks of intimacy. And what does that mean to you and I today is that God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He wants to get close to you and he wants you to get close to him. There's a missionary that's been in dialogue with us as a missions committee and this missionary is one of the 26 global workers that we support. And this missionary is going through a difficult time. And the missionary said, I feel so lonely. I, I'm, I'm feeling very isolated. I'm not doing well. And then the missionary said that, that someone sent them an email that when God is silent, that's when he's the most intimate. And there's some of you today, you're sensing the silence of God. You don't feel the voice of God. You feel like God is far away. Sometimes when there's silence, that's the time when God is the most intimate. And you're looking for a word from God, but God says, more than my word is my presence. And intimacy is when Holy Spirit wraps his arms around you and lets you know that you're loved. You're not forsaken. You're not forsaken. It starts with no condemnation in Romans, and then it finally goes to no separation. When you read beyond verse 27, nothing can separate you from the love of God, neither depth nor height nor principality 
principalities, nor powers of darkness, nor angels. Nothing could separate us from the love of God. I'll tell you why. Because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And God wants to get close to you and wrap his arms around you. Holy Spirit wants an intimate walk. That's what Abba means. But the word that's been translated father comes from the Greek. Did you grow up in a house where you said, Father, good morning, Father. How are you? You didn't call him Daddy. Abba means Daddy. But the Greek word translated Father speaks of, of an authority. Abba speaks of intimacy. Here's the deal. Holy Spirit wants to get close to you, but then there's the authority. Holy Spirit wants authority over your life. And so he's calling us to surrender it all to him. And somebody like, Mark, I've done that, and it's tough, and I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like this COVID season. I don't like what I'm feeling right now. Doesn't it say in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose? I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know how tough it is, but all things work together for good to those that love him and who are called according to his purpose. So Abba speaks of intimacy and father in the Greek speaks of authority. So he wants to get close, but he wants authority over your life. So here's the deal. Papa Daddy is in charge, and he knows what is best for you. He will take care of you. He, Come on, Woodville. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never abandon you. Holy Spirit connects with the fatherhood of God. God the Father by his spirit is close, and God the Father by his spirit wants to have authority over your life. Come on, somebody, somebody right now give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God. Then there's number six, an anticipation for eternity. Lots going on in the world, right? Six o'clock news is not all that encouraging. And people are like, wow, are these really the end times? And people are getting gripped by fear. I got a different look at this. If these are the end of the end times, and it means Jesus is coming back soon, I'm getting excited. Come on, anybody getting excited that Jesus is coming back? Come on, anybody excited? This world's not my home. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. Paul said in verse 18, down to verse 25, he says, I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Verse 20, for the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God, we know, verse 22, that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So the Holy Spirit in us, Abba, intimacy. Holy Spirit in us, Father, authority. Now calls us to have an anticipation 
that we're going to go spend eternity in heaven someday. Come on. Somebody give a loud clap offering a praise to our God. Anticipation. As children of God, we are heirs. As children of God, we have the richness of his inheritance. But then there's one more thing, number seven, an intercession of prayer to the Spirit. Now, before I read this, some of you will understand this because you've experienced this. The Holy Spirit who's in you comes on you, and you've experienced the empowering work of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I knew that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit as there was a sign that I had received it. I began to speak in glossolalia, in my heavenly language. So tongues is a sign that you've been baptized in the Spirit. And then from time to time, you might know that there might be a moment where someone gives a, a message in tongues that's followed by an interpretation of the message in tongues, and it's to edify the church. So tongues is a sign of the baptism of the Spirit, and tongues can be a gift that can be used for the edification of the church. But it's the third one that I want to camp on for a moment that I'm doing a lot more lately. Tongues releases a brand new prayer language. And I want to read to you verse 26. In verse 27, Paul said in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I want to push pause because there's so many moments in our life journey we feel weak. God, I don't know what to do. God, I don't know how to get through this. God, I can't face another day. God, I don't know how I ought to pray. I got good news for you. When you don't know what to pray, Holy Spirit knows what to pray. Paul said, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Look at verse 27. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I know the answer, but allow me to ask the question. How many people really want to know the will of God? Anybody want to know the will of God? I, I know you do. You want to know the will of God. Have you ever had moments that you didn't know the will of God and you didn't know how to pray through a situation? It happens to me every day. And in this difficult season, I'm spending way more time utilizing that prayer language that I have received. And so I begin to pray, but it's not Mark praying. It's Holy Spirit praying through me, praying in the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit knows the perfect will of the Father. And I'll tell you, church, when you walk in the Spirit, you begin to pray in the Spirit. And you let the Spirit begin to pray through you. And it's the Spirit uttering the perfect will of God the Father. I've got a word for you today. When you don't know how to pray, Holy Spirit knows how to pray. And Holy Spirit will pray through you. As I wrap up this message today, I want to declare to you, God wants to get close to you. He is your Abba Father. He wants a close relationship with you. And then he wants authority over your life. He doesn't want to drive you. He wants to lead you. He wants you to walk in step with the Spirit. And it starts with the decision. And then it moves to a fixation. And then it releases an obligation. And then you've got this anticipation. And you've got this intercession. And you've got 
got this realization of Father God in your life. And I'm telling you, church, we can stay walking in the carnal ways of our own ambitions, or we can say, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. Now, here's the final thing I want to share with you. God wants to lead you more than you want to be led. And when you surrender it all to God, He begins to lead you by the Spirit, and you experience that life and that peace. I'll tell you, church, there's nothing like living life, walking in the Spirit. So you can walk in the flesh, in your carnal ways, or you can live in the Spirit. And I'm calling the house. Let's begin to make the decision every day we get up that we're going to mark our lives walking and living in Holy Spirit because that's where the joy and the peace and the life is found. Somebody give a little clap offering of praise to our Lord God. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. I want the band to come. Everyone's heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Whether you're here in the main auditorium or one of the overflow rooms or you're watching online, the first question I want to ask this morning, it's a very direct question. It's simply this. Today was the day that you died, that you stepped into eternity. Do you know that you're ready for heaven? Have you personally asked Jesus to be the center of your life? Have you personally invited him to be your Lord and your Savior? I don't want you to think you're going to heaven. I want you to know beyond any shadow of doubt you're going to heaven. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son Jesus just for you. He took your place on the cross. He died for you, and he loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? You're standing here today in the main auditorium or in an overflow room or you're watching online and you can't answer that question with a definite yes or you're somewhere in Canada, in the city, around the world and you can't answer that with a definite yes. I can't close this service without giving you an opportunity to make your peace with God through Jesus Christ. Are you ready if today was the day that you stepped into eternity? And if you can't answer that question with a definite yes... We're pushing pause right now in this service. And I have no greater joy than to lead you in a prayer to make your peace with God through Jesus Christ. And if you can't answer that question with a definite yes, but you want to be ready for heaven, and you want Jesus to be the center of your life, I'm just going to count to three. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. And after I count to three, if you want to be included and led in this prayer to ask Jesus to be the center of your life, I just want you to lift your hand. And then you can put it down. And after you've done that, we're going to lead you in this prayer. God is speaking. How many this morning would like to be led in this prayer? One, two, three. That's you. You just lift your hand as high as you can. God bless you, friends, up in the balcony. God bless you, friend, way up in the balcony, over in the risers, right over here to my right, right up here in the front. God bless you. God bless you right over here. So many hands are being lifted. You can put your hand down. I want to lead you in this prayer, and we're going to join you as you pray. Let's pray together, church. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I've decided to follow you. I receive you in my life. Today I confess you 
as my Savior, as my Savior and, my Lord, and my Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Would thou open your eyes, put your hands together, and celebrate <laughs> salvation. There's at least 10 people who lifted their hands in the second morning service. Heaven is rejoicing. And if you have added Jesus Christ in your life today, you've made the best decision of your life. In just a couple of moments on your way out, there's exit tables. Get, drop by there. There's some friendly people there. We got a Bible for you and a little booklet for you called Follow. And they're going to tell you about our Follow class. Take the next step. Get baptized in water. They're going to share with you all about that. And if you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, join us in the journey. And if you're watching online from somewhere in Canada or around the world, reach out to us. We'll reach back to you. And we're going to help you find a life-giving, Bible-believing church in your area. And if you're still checking out Christianity, you're like, I got a lot of questions. Check out Alpha. Go to our church website. Sign up for it. And if this is your church home, get into a connect group. We got over 65 connect groups across the city. And it'll help you as you're doing life together. Now, there's one more thing I want to ask you. And I, I, know the, I know the answer. But you're here this morning. And you're like, Mark, I'm hearing you. I want to make that decision to live my life walking every day in the Spirit. I don't want to walk in my fleshly desires, ambitions. I want my entire life to be ordered and led by the Holy Spirit. I want to make room for a Holy Spirit to lead me and direct me. That's you. Just lift your hands right now. Just lift both your hands and surrender. And Pastor, I want you to begin to lead us in this song. And let's just make room for Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us by lifting your hands. You're saying, I am willingly surrendering everything to the feet of Jesus. Let's sing to him.
I'm going to pray for you today that God would help us to walk and live individually and corporately in sync and in step with Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you what I've learned in my life. When I'm walking in the Spirit, life is so much easier than when I'm trying to walk in my own ways and my own ambitions. I've learned that when I just lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, God, I surrender it all. You, Abba, Father, are my heavenly daddy, and you know what's best. I could fight it or I could surrender. And I've learned when I freely surrender, life gets easier. God is not calling you to, to just survive. God is calling this church to thrive in the Holy Spirit. And he's saying to the house today, let's stay in sync with Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God today. And I pray that you would take the teaching today, take it back into your connect group, take it back in your homes, and bask in the presence of God. Get into His Word. Get into prayer. Fix your things, your mind, on the things of the Holy Spirit. And you watch how Holy Spirit, in His gentle voice, begins to speak to you. Now, I'm going to pray in just a moment. But but first of all, I want to give it up for all of our first-time guests. Can we put our hands together and thank all of our first-time guests for coming today? And if you're a first-time guest, thank you for coming. I hope you come back. But on your way out, drop by an exit table. We got a coffee card for you, our way of saying thank you for coming. And on your behalf, we're going to also make a donation to Chio. Now, those Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes, take as many as you will fill. And we're believing that we're going to fill several thousand of them. They're not pre-made. You're going to get them. You can put them together. All the details are there. And we encourage you to do that. And if you've come today to give on site, there's offering buckets on the back. There's debit machines in the lobby. If you'd like someone to personally pray for you, at the end of the service, just come and stand in one of these lines and someone will come COVID friendly and pray for you. We, we value that. We honor that. We'd love to do that. Next Sunday night is our all church prayer night. Go online and register for it. It's going to be great. And next Sunday, we're going to dig more into God's Word. And we're going to talk about life in the Spirit, being in sync with Holy Spirit. But in these final moments, I want to invite you just to lift your hands all across this place. I'd love to pray for you, Father God. I pray for everyone in this second morning service, whether on site or online. I pray that we would walk and live in step with the Spirit. God, I know there's some people that are they're stressed. They're feeling the weight. They're feeling the burden. I pray that they would lay it down, lay it down, lay it down at your feet in the name of the Lord. You know about their job. You know about their finances. You know about their health. You know about their family. You know about their marriage. You know about everything. And I pray they would lay it down and not be driven by self, but led and walking in the Spirit. So, God, I pray that there would be such a relaxed feel right now that would sweep over the house. And we would walk out in confidence that you want to lead us more than we could ever imagine. 